Welcome, adventurer, listener, and kindred soul. You are listening to Starlight, a Dungeons and Dragons space opera podcast on the Ink and Virtue Network. Whether a new friend or an old one, we are glad to have you along for the adventures. The Ink and Virtue Network is dedicated to delivering stories of epic proportions straight to you. Whether it's listening to the impromptu adventures of Squad Luma or diving into the manuscripts of an author, there is something here for everyone. You can support the show by rating it, sharing it with a friend, or finding your way to our network's coffee page where donations help us to keep the magic alive. We appreciate you, and fare thee well, Spacer. Travel safely across the great expanse. Here we go. Roll for initiative. Welcome back to Starlight, guys, as we delve deeper and deeper into the secret base that Zaguru has. But before we get there, introductions are in order. I am Isaac Yorks, your friendly DM and host. And with me, as the characters are still separated, hopefully they'll get, I don't know. Actually, I don't know how long it's going to take. It's going to be an awesome circle around. But right now, I am going to be in the podcast studio with my dear friend, I'm Nathan Koontz, and I play Atlas. Cool, man. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's it's interesting having um, the players separated right now because there's, like, somewhat of, like, a... There's a little bit of a different vibe between each game that, um, that you guys balance each other out with really well. And I kind of feel like I'm getting a little bit of two different themes when, when we're playing, and it's awesome. So, needless to say, I'm yammering, so... Why don't we jump into this episode of Starlight? <clears throat> Neuralink, access memories. Accessing. After a deadly battle with the pirates, Atlas finds himself near depleted of health and rage, but at least victorious. The only path is forward. What he will find, or how it will change him, is to be seen, however. Memories retrieved. Cool. Let's do a let's do a roll off for inspiration then. Alrighty, my D hundred. <laughs> you I bet Uh and that oh yeah, I mean I don't think you're gonna beat this, so go ahead. How does an eighteen do? And that one. Oh, all right. Let me turn it off strong. You're starting off strong. An inspiration point to me, and uh, I'm not going to misuse it. (laughs) 
this almost punching dagger materialized onto Jonah's hand as he laid his claim that it was time to get vengeance for Gideon. As he says that, there is a perceptible change in the temperature of the room. It was already a bit chilly, but you feel it drop almost a few degrees. Like, there's a little prickle of goose flesh on your arms, and you see his breath materialize in front of him when he breathes, and then disappears. And then just as quickly as it came, that feeling is gone. And then suddenly, all the lights go completely dark. And on turn the emergency lights along the floor. Filling the halls with a dim red light. The emergency shutoff doors that would pressurize segments of the asteroid or the base are still shut. You guys are stuck at the dead end of this prison. He'll look over to Jonah, ask him, do you think you can get us out of here? I can give it a try. Without some of my gear, it's going to be a bit tough. I was never quite good at running the raw code myself. I had a skeleton key for most terminals, but Zagru had it taken away. Lucky for you, I got a good look at the rest of the base. I saw some of blueprints after I hacked in before making my first round into here. If my memory's correct, we're not that far from a medical bay, assuming we can get out of here. And at that, he makes his way out of the cell, and he comes to the terminal. Twelve. Access denied. Access denied. Access denied. Damn it! (coughs) I got stopped by a firewall. Alright, well, time to try it my way. And then, uh, Alice will pick up the, uh, little princess. Uh, and he's gonna, like, put her on his shoulders. So is this like a, does the door, is it like a two sliding door thing? Or is this like a one door that, like, it came down? Yes, so they were much more like portcullis doors, but sci-fi version, which just this big heavy thing of metal that just came down from the ceiling and has like a little window that you can see into the next section. I'm just gonna swing at it and see what happens. Nat one. Jonah picks up the crown amethyst that has been knocked out of your G and he holds it up and he goes, You lost your jewel, and he hands it back to you. Alice is going to hand the girl over to Jonah. Wait, what's the ceiling look like? Is it just a smooth, like, metal surface? So as you take a look up at the ceiling, you do see that most of it is constructed of the natural interior of the caves within this asteroid, but you can see some metal paneling running along through it. Most of it is smooth. But your eye catches, and your ear also catches, the sound of air. You turn, following it, and you see a grating up on the ceiling that goes into the air ducts. While too small for you, Jonah might be able to crawl up through it. 
and the girl definitely could. Oh, I have an idea. Can I use my monocle of x-ray vision? Yes, you can. Right. Pierce through the metal, and you can see that it has like a main duct vent that goes up and out of the room the way you came. But you can see that there are at least two other offshoots that go in different directions. Mm. Jonah looks at you. I got a bad feeling about this. So I was thinking. If you could possibly go through the air vent, get to the other side of this door. I can't see where the other offshoots go to. Honestly, going back the way we came is probably a death sentence because that's probably where most of the guards are going to be. And for now, I'll try. I'll try the door, but I don't have high hopes for that. I think we need to open it from the other side. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the sooner I can put this knife into Zaguru's back, the better. Here, give me a lift. Go ahead and roll an acrobatics check. Eight. It's no use. It's too small. And he looks down at the girl and he says, but not for her. Uh, Alice is going to walk over to the door, kind of like give Jonah like a look of disapproval. What? And, uh, There's a control panel on the other side. If you can just get over there and put in a few different things, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. Alice is going to rage, and he's, when he goes to lift the door, he's going to like jam his claws into like the bottom if he can, and then just try to rip the door open. <laughs> Make an athletics check. 15 plus 7, 22. And Jonah says, okay, come on, come on. He grabs the girl and he rushes her through the door to the other side. The door closes behind you. Okay. That was good for one. We got, uh, we got one on either side of us now. And he points southwardly <laughs> and he says, that way's to the elevator. And that way north, that'll take us further into the base and whatever Zaguru has been doing. Which way was to the medical bay? Everything that I saw with the blueprints and everything, it's further into the base. We gotta go north if we're trying to get to the medical bay. You wouldn't be able to do whatever the hell you just did again, would you? No, I... For now, I only have one more time I can do it. I don't know if right now would be the perfect time to... Use the rest of my energy. And that's when you hear a crackle of your comm link. Fable Gloom's on the other end. Atlas. Atlas, come in. Atlas. Come in. Surrounded. Surrounded. Dreadnought. Bot. Called in. Surrounded. Atlas. Taken to hiding. Uh, that's another thing. Uh, damn. The signal down here is pretty bad already. A lot of frequency disruptions. That damn bot, that C3, probably shut down the relay system for the communications and the amplification. Is there, what, like, what's in this room? Just the two doors kind of thing? The two... Yep, you're just in a hall. And you see the dead body of the pirates who were sent in to try and ambush you. Both of them. 
the one that was shot by his companion for running and the other one that you killed. You know that just on the other side from when you first came in, the other side of this door that came down, you know that the tunnel continued further into the asteroid, kind of like going slightly downhill, but that there was also a door on the right. If you can just get get to the next section. Atlas will uh, use his last rage. You let out a howl. And you begin to kind of grow those talons back out. Try to lift the door. That 20. Throw the door up. You break like the motors and everything that was pushing it down. And it stays up in the ceiling. Just kept there. <gasps> yeah, he's, he does that. see that in this auxiliary storage unit crates and barrels and shelves with all sorts of stuff on it that's the same red light in there jonah says we might be able to find some useful stuff here hey you what's your name and the girl kind of pipes up after a moment she goes ha ha hala okay you start looking over there don't worry there's nothing scary in here that's gonna pop out and if there is, I'll take care of him. So will he. Oh, okay. So I want you to go ahead and roll an investigation check. 14. Your investigation yields a set of rations, two greater flesh sprays, and you guys also get the uh, torchlight. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going off a of memory here, but I know this much. This whole thing is built almost like a like a triangle around the central lab. I think to the the east there there's a mess hall, there's the water and waste center, the central power station. And if we can get past this door down here, not far from here there's the med bay like I said. There's also a just a secondary power and mainframe. And usually the mainframe has a sensors and comms unit next to it. So, I'll do my best to kind of guide us through there. But if we're going to find out whatever he's up to, I think our best bet's going to be kind of to head over to the lab area at least. And if there's an office, maybe get in there, figure out what he's doing. But I don't think that there are others. This entire time I've been here, the only people that I've seen, the only person I've seen has been Zaguru. And that's off and on. C3 mostly stays upstairs. And then the rest are bots. Lots of bots. Uh, I've heard one other person, I think. But usually through Zaguru's comms. I don't know if they are upstairs. I don't even know how many people are upstairs or any of that sort of thing. I think that's about it. I'm going to say in this situation, I'll probably just follow your lead. I'm not really good with these recon types of missions. 
It's not that hard. Don't make a lot of noise and you should be good. Yeah, that's what the weak say. Yeah. Well. <laughs> he coughs and the blood falls like at your feet. And you see like a bunch of black wriggling shapes in the blood. Yeah. Can't really speak right now, but I'm good enough. All right. Let's go. And just as you guys step out of the auxiliary storage unit. Atlas Kashin, please take your time and be careful not to destroy much. We hope that you enjoy your stay at Eridani 5. Jonah looks at you, raises an eyebrow, and he says, You close with the bot? Not necessarily. I just told it told it my name to get in here. Huh. Sounds like it's right about chum with you, like you're having a vacation. And as he says that, the door, the gateway, opens up that leads deeper into the base. The one to the south that leads back to the elevator and up? Well, that, that remains closed. It looks like it wants us to go deeper, huh? That's how it seems. All right. Follow my lead. feeling better you want to get a move on with it yeah let's just go to where we need to go i want you to go ahead and roll a history check for him nat 20 okay the quickest way we're gonna need to go left if we're gonna go to the offices if we're trying to get to the labs as quick as possible we can cut through the mainframe there should be some maintenance hallways that'll take us down and into the labs. Where is going to be the intel going to be that you need? I have no idea, to be honest. If we get down to the labs, <coughs> if we get down there, we might be able to, there might be stuff, you know, a trail of whatever they've been working on. But if I know Zagura right, then he's big on uh, journaling. So if he has an office here, we might be able to find exactly what he's been doing in his own thoughts as well. All right, well, we shouldn't take too much time. Like I said, I'm more of just a charge straightforward type of guy. So wherever you think you can get the intel needed. If I know anything about my trade of what Zaguru himself taught me, then there's nothing more incriminating than finding something that somebody created on their own. Offices, it is. You guys get into the next section. You see a door to the left, and you can see within the like red lighting up of this room of the medical pods and the medical bay. Straight ahead, you can see another door. 
Wait, 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 wait. Do you feel that? He goes and touches the walls. Something... Something's coming. And you hear just these these faint steps just... And there's kind of like a machine whir that's coming up. Oh, boy. He goes back to the door that you guys just came through. He peers through the window. You ever see one of those, Atlas? Those are technically not out yet. You see... You see a nightmare warframe walking towards you guys in the other room. That's something that's in the midst of being sold right now to some of the noble alliances. It's the latest... Great. And as it steps forward, what you see... You see this construct that stands near on 12 feet tall. It's hunched over. It's walking in the hallway. The top of its head is scraping against the ceiling, but it's still pushing its way through. You can see that the body is kind of like this circular shape. You can see that it has these like arm pauldrons that are on the sides of its body. You can see that its arms right now are pulled up next to its body, but you can see that the arms can extend down. It's four-fingered, and it almost looks like these, like, giant gauntlets made of metal. It has has these, like, anti-artillery weapons into its body, and you can see that it has, like, four of them so that it can just rotate and fire out. It has a computer tracking system, you can tell right in the center where the head should be. It's completely covered in blue paint with gold trim, and each step that it makes is just like... That thing doesn't move very fast in here. If we can keep going, it's going to take a while for it to get through the next section. Trust me, you don't want to mess with that thing. are like moving as quickly as you can your steps slow and you all begin floating within the asteroid just the office is not far from here i need as a group make an acrobatics check to continue moving at a fair pace 18 
guys are in the office, you see an office almost completely identical to the office set up back on the base of Etrolis. It is Zagru's office to a T. This office is a dead end. C3's using it. It's tracking us. I don't know how and I don't know where the cameras are. But it's tracking us. That's how that thing is following us. It's got to be. Although many things are floating around right now, which makes the room this disarray mess of paperwork, of data pads. You do see three sets of terminals. Start looking for proof or anything else. The girl holds on to both you and Jonah, and she says, I've seen that thing before. It's, it's scary. You guys aren't going to let it hurt me, are you? Stay with Jonah, and you'll be fine. Make an investigation roll, and then Jonah is going to try and make an interfacing roll with a computer. Thirteen? Seven? I can't get in. I can't get in. Please tell me you're finding something. And Atlas, indeed, you do find something. You see a notebook floating around. You've seen it once or twice in your memory. It's an old diary of Zaguru's. Just old, leather-bound, tattered on the edges. Some of the pages where you can see, like, tea stains have fallen on it. You snatch it from the air. Okay. (laughs) That'll do. That'll have to do for now. We can head to the labs after we deal with this thing. (sighs) You've dealt with worse, right? Mm, I've been more prepared uh, when dealing with worse for the most part. Yeah, well, I've been more prepared too, but... Zaguru, he knows what I can do, so... He put these parasites in me that are feeding off of my body. So I can't quite do as much as I would. So we're just... What was it you told told me growing up? He smiles and he says, It was that time I was struggling just to get the engine bits fixed in that old racer that you had. And I said I couldn't do it. And you yelled at me, and you said, do it. That's how. Well, that's what we're going to do. We're just going to do it. That's how. You watch as that ice knife begins to reform onto his hand. At that point, you can see the red from under the doorway getting, like, blocked out by the shadow of the construct and the sound of it whirring as it's getting ready to pummel in the door. I'm going to have myself put the girl in the air vent. The girl just crawls up into it. As you put her up there, you see the smallest tears kind of come out of her eyes and then float away. Don't leave me here. And then she she hugs you around the neck, just these small kid arms. And then as she pulls back into the darkness, you see the faintest glimmer of a halo floating above her head. The construct can't fit into the room. It is just here on the edge. And you just see as it as it kind of like pushes its way just this far into the room, about five feet in, half of its body in, half of its body out. 
Atlas will do what he does best, and sadly, he does not have rage, so he... <laughs> well, Atlas will charge. I will recklessly attack it. 19 does not. 25? Hit. It barely leaves a scratch. His resistance to it takes three points of damage. I think I'll just have Jonah Eldridge blast it. You notice that it has this small pinprick little like sensor on the top of its head that has like a little like blinking red dot. And it's just going back and forth, sweeping across the, the area. And finally, the red dot f falls upon you as the closest thing. It kind of moves one arm in, and then you watch as it extends like a piston and a hammer, and it just shoots out of the pauldron. That's 36 points, force damage. Is the nightmare mainframe's turn. The gun kind of turns, it swivels. Now reassessing as you see that red dot on top of its head, and it rests onto Jonah. Holy shit! And I will attempt to overhead swing, if possible, into that red sensor. Jonah will Eldritch Blast the, uh, sensor. This kind of, like, negative force damage just slams into the head and then disintegrates off of it. You just barely duck away from, like, the residual energy. Jonas is going to ice knife. Jonah raises his hand. The sensor gets hit. It sinks in. You watch as these small, like, rivulet cracks go throughout all of the sensor. And then ice begins to sprout out off of it. And then it takes six points of damage to its eyes. Yeah. Okay, that's how we do it. Those are comparably a whole lot weaker than the frame. turn back just in time to see his head hit the back of the wall his eyes roll up into the back of his head and he seems to like kind of like black out for a second before he wakes up he coughs blood into his face and it just kind of hangs there like a red haze that he has to clear with his hands and he goes would you stop hitting it and actually do some damage for once
get out of here, kid. So, 12. What, times 2, 24. You've knocked it down to, the eye sensor down to 12 HP. The eye sensor almost kind of breaks off. It's, it's like stuttering this red light back and forth, just blinking on and off. Okay, Jonah will just Eldritch Blast it. 21. It misses. He will attempt to get in the grate. Okay, he's going to go ahead and make a acrobatics check. Get your ass in the vent. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I don't need you to end up like your father. So 15. Jonah's able to get into the vent. Hala backs up, grabs oh. his hand, and pulls him in. And you look back just in time to see Jonah's like boots go into the vent. And then that's when you hear the the Warframe reassessing. just, And the eye settles in on you, Atlas. It raises its oh, fist yes. and just that pulls one, it back one. like a piston. 28 to hit. Thirty points of force damage. While he uh, crumples to the floor, because he's at negative four, he will say, "At least I could save him." Jonah's going to cast darkness. This darkness grows, and suddenly it completely obscures in a globe around the warframe. Jonah pulls himself down. The thoughts run through his mind. He thinks, I already lost one father. I'm not losing you, you big oaf. He's going to go up to Atlas and use the spray flesh off of his body. And Atlas, you come back to consciousness. And then you both hold your breath. And you hear the sounds of the machine moving. And then no sounds come from the area. No weapon fire, no nothing. It has gone completely silent on the other side. Jonah gets to the side of you and he pushes a finger that's blood crust up to his lips and just it's concentration, obviously, for darkness, but he's going to then, he's going to cast, which invisibility is also concentration, but he's going yes. to cast invisibility both on him and Atlas. As soon as, like, they become invisible, obviously darkness will drop. The darkness drops, and you two become invisible as Jonah puts his hand up to both you and him, and this, like, again, that shadowed whisper comes up around you. You see this shadow come up out of the ground of this like being and it there's two of them now and it almost like dawns across atlas like a mantle of clothing and across across jonah as well and suddenly you're invisible you now see the the nightmare mainframe it's yeah. sweeping looking sensing There's a, the sound of, like, robotic noises as it seems to be almost communicating with something. 
It waits five minutes, and then around ten minutes, it pulls itself out of the door and begins lumbering back the direction it came. And you guys wait and hold position until you can no longer hear its footsteps. Jonah floats back to the desk, floats to the door, and does his best to put the desk kind of in the frame of what the door once was. Allah's voice comes from the grate. The little girl pokes her head out with the little faint halo above her head, and she says, It's really quiet. Did you guys win? And then she looks around and she goes, You said you wouldn't leave me. You said you... <laughs> you start watching her go into a panic attack across the way. Jonah will drop the uh, invisibility. <sighs> oh, oh, it's you guys. Oh. And she pulls herself up out of the grate. And she goes, oh, It's safe now. Now that you got what you wanted, we can get out of here, right? We can try. What do you want to do? It's going to be a long trek out of here, so probably, if possible, sneak our way over to the bed bay. <laughs> so very quietly, Jonah pulls the girl onto his back. And then he kind of like linking arms with you to help kind of pull him along as he's in a very rough state, as well as you are. We're going to make a group stealth roll back. And that one. You guys make it back to the med bay. You get into the room. Jonah goes about locking the door. Locked. He touches a button that clouds the the window into like a dark fog and you see that this room is cut out for surgery you can see implements hanging on the wall there are racks with all kinds of gear and supplies and then there's these two pods two pods that are meant for you to go into and if you spend 30 minutes in basically an unconscious state within it gives you an eight-hour rest. You find a greater flesh spray, two of them. There's a med kit. You find four bottles of painkillers. And then you find syringes with serums of forced march. You find forced march serums. And... A forced march serum does the following. And there's two of them, by the way. It does the following. You can use your short rest dice. And in doing so, it allows you to immediately gain the effects of a short rest. And then it also delays sleep, the need for sleep, by eight hours. And then after that eight hours, you immediately gain one level of exhaustion. Both Atlas and uh, Jonah will take a forced... Mark Serum. 
immediately the veins around where it goes in you can watch you watch as they turn kind of like this blackish purplish that kind of like pulsates out about an inch and then dissipates and then it's it's like the greatest caffeine buzz you've ever been on your head begins to ring you feel your your hands get these jitters and the hair stand up sweat starts coming down off your brow you and Jonah both look at each other the girl is playing with things that are floating in the air it is time to <laughs> make our way out. I'm sorry. <sighs> The only thing I can, that I really know of from I remember is the lab's not too far from here. Maybe if we can get to the secondary power and mainframe, we could turn off this, whatever's going on with this gravitational well, but uh, I don't remember anything in the blueprints about another way out. I just worry that if we're going back that way, that thing... The Warframe also knows we have to go back that way. But... Uh, I think it thinks it killed us, so... We should be good as long as we don't make too much clatter. Well, start heading the way we went. You pass all the areas that you came from unhindered. You come to the same junction where where you can head back towards where the prison cells were, or you can head further down to the southwest. You peer down through that hallway that goes southwest and deeper into the base, and you can see the track marks of the Warframe that it went down that way, probably back to its holding unit, and you guys begin pulling yourself back up the tunnels, floating your way there. As you continue... However, you eventually come face to face with that same door that was shut. And as you reach it... I'm really disappointed in you, Atlas. The guru talks so highly of you, of your courage, of your indomitable nature, and you seek to run with your tail between your legs. Please... Continue back the way you came from. There are those we work with who wish to make your acquaintance. It is long overdue. Hmm. The only thing I can think of doing would be go towards the, the control area and see if uh, it has opened the whole place up. You want to go towards the secondary power mainframe? Yeah, we can give that a shot. Yeah, what the hell. Yeah. You hear that, C3? Hope you're damn happy. And then you guys start making your way back. Your guys are extremely careful. And indeed, as you delve further down that southwest junction, you come to a set of doors. One lies to the left. You can hear the soft thrum of machinery working within it. 
And Jonah says, oh yeah. Look at that. He points to like a hazard symbol on the door and he goes, that'll be the mainframe, all right. And then across the hallway on the other side, you see another door and you see an indent in the hallway. At the far end, there's like a light kind of like buzzing down on it from above and you can see the warframe deactivated, recharging in its cell station. Well, that's good news. Those things are still technically... Uh, at least the last ones I saw when I was looking at Zagura's work. Those are still experimental. They don't have much in the way of battery life. It's used a lot. Firing at us. Okay. We doing this? Into the mainframe? I think it's the only option we have. Alright. The door opens up into a secondary room. And in that one, there is another door in a huge window that leads into the actual, like, engine room and the, the, like, mainframe computers. But there is another computer in between this room and that. Door's locked. I'm going to have to try and interface my way in into this room. So go ahead and give him an interfacing roll. <laughs> that one. I ain't getting in there. Just, I just bloody messed that up so bad it, that door's not opening anytime soon. <sighs> well, new plan? Maybe we try and get your sensors and comm units up. I do know there's a relay station just adjacent to this one. You got a buddy up above? That's what it sounded like. Maybe we can get a signal out to him. Possibly. It also sounded like he was distracted, though. Yeah, well. All right, your call. Yeah. Right, let's head to the relay area. Inside, you see a set of computers, and I really wish I had my skeleton key. <sighs> okay. Here goes nothing, huh? Hopefully I don't botch this one so bad that we're just stuck here. No voice to the outside world. So uh, you should probably use your best dice and uh, roll them <laughs> an interfacing check. 16. Accepted. He's... Biting his lip. Okay. Communits are on. I've taken it and I've gotten it used to the channels on your comm link. Go ahead, give it a try. See if you can get a hold of him. Atlas. Can you hear me, Atlas? Yeah, I can hear you. I've been trying to get you on the comms for a while. I had to leave the dragon. Those damn pirates. They, uh... They've surrounded the entire building. They've sent in search parties in here. They're not going past. I saw them talk with the that bot you talked to. It seems like they're setting up some sort of trap in case you come back out. In the meantime, I was able to slip out from the dragon. It wasn't easy. 
but I found a spot that I'm hiding in. Right now I got advantage on it. They're searching the entire dragon. They got the dread dot right outside. Uh, unless you got another way out of this place, Atlas. There's not gonna be an easy run from here. We'll get shot out of the sky. If you can get the doors open, we can get to the dragon. After they clear off of it. We might be able to, and obviously correct me if I'm wrong, we could potentially try to use the Astral Sea to escape. <laughs> oh, you, you're crazy. And I like it. There's a reason why I said that we should meet in the middle of nowhere if I use my way to get to the Astral Sea. Mark my words. If it looks like there's no escaping, I'm going to use the chaos of shifting into the Astral Sea. If you feel as if you're being compressed into nothingness, know that I failed in my attempt to open the doors and get you a passage back up here. In that case, well, all manner of machinery will fail. You should have a harder time making it through. That is, assuming that this base doesn't split apart into two. But we're hedging our bets here. Give me 15 minutes. I'll see what I can do. Jonah says, okay, we got 15 minutes. Well, nothing to do but time to kill. Let's wait, wait, wait. 15 minutes. How long do you think it's going to take to get to the lab? Five minutes tops, not far. Well, we might as well go check it out while we're here. Okay. Hala begins to cry. She goes, no, 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 no. You can't take me back there. No, I don't want to. Don't make me go back there. Please, please, please. He does bad things to me there. He hurts me. I don't want to go back there. Ah, uh, this is why kids. I don't have kids. Oh, everyone's going to hate me for this. Alice is going to try to do, like, the judo chop to knock, to, like, her, knock out. her out. So you're going to roll an athletics check versus her constitution in a direct contest. 20. A dirty 20. <gasps> a 19. And then she faints. Alice, Alice will put her over her shoulder. Jonah looks at you and he says, Well, not much has changed, huh? This is just life or death. We don't have time for this. Yeah, I know. Come on. And you guys begin making your way to the labs. You've passed two other rooms. One, well, one that's a hallway with a stairwell that goes down, and then a room that has what looks like a bunch of computers in it, and what looks like a bunch of like science equipment. And then there is a bay door. And the bay door is made of complete reinforced glass and it has numbers on it. And that itself opens as you approaches. And inside you see what looks to be like this rough circular that was already like a natural formation within the heart of this asteroid, but has been further carved out 
You can see machinery at the far sides, some for like lifting personnel up to get a higher view. You can see machinery used that were used to dig out the area. There is no metal or anything. There is exposed wires and lighting that is in this room. You look to the eastern side. You can see that there is a another door entrance over there, and there is a small box that looks like a viewing room. And then in the dead center of the room, you see that there's almost like a, a crater that is about 20 feet in diameter, goes down about 5 feet. Set at the head of it, there is a jagged crystal. And that jagged crystal is completely ebony in color. It looks like it absorbs light and does not reflect any of any sort. It is so dark that you, can actually, you can't actually see the edges of the crystal. It's just more like an amorphous, hard shadow. Above, attached to a ceiling, is you can see these four arms that come off of this, this machinery. And the forearms create like these joints that point in down at the middle of the crater where it looks like it looks like something's just been repeatedly blasted over and over again the joints look like they have like some sort of focusing apparatus on each of them and something to maybe shoot out like lasers or some sort of some sort of magnifier jonah is the one who touches you on the shoulder and he says holy shit and as he says that, stepping forth from the interior of the crystal comes a dark shadow that begins to take form. This dark shadow stands at about eight feet tall. Were it not for having traveled with a Loxodon at one time, you would never have been able to pinpoint that shadow as being Loxodon in nature, but you see the trunk writhing off the top of it. There are horns that come off the top of its head and tusks that come off the sides of its body, and they all dissipate. All the edges of this creature or this thing's body dissipates into smoke that kind of like falls off it and ripples a couple feet off its body. You see that on its back is slung a gigantic, archaic sword. And the only color on this entire being's body are these slit-like red eyes. And a singular red eye on the end of the pommel of the sword. And as he steps forth, the shade says, There you are. It's been a long time in the making. <laughs> he was too soft with you. It's about time we met, Atlas Kashin. You who is the Guru's prodigy. The one who should have been pushed towards our cause long ago. Tell me, is not everything you see here magnificent?
I wouldn't really call all this magnificent, though. No. I'm not really big into the uh, techie stuff. No, neither am I. But we learn the things that we need to, don't we? You are quite a master of that. You know, I only suspected that you were still alive. He told me all about you. The physique, the strength. There's no doubt in my mind who you are, and I've suspected the old man has disobeyed me for some time now. Yes. But nonetheless, this is not a place of technology. This is a place where rebirths are being started. And I see that you carry the girl, precious little one. One of the few variant types to be able to handle the changes. Just like you. Hey, I only know a few of your kind. You wouldn't have to, to know of or be Naguvu. The shade begins to clap its hands. That was my name. Or I should say, that was the one who made me his name. Long before we transcended into what we are now. Yes. If Naguvu is easiest for you to comprehend, Naguvu Gold Tusks. That is who I am. And now that I know you are alive, I have two specimens that can potentially become carriers for our plan. He looks over at Jonah. You are not necessary. Another weakness of the old man. Unable to kill those who are not needed. No. I will do it here. And you, Atlas. Well, we will wait until the old man arrives. And I will force him to do what needs to be done. And then he points at you, Atlas, and he just says, Sit! And the voice, like, echoes like it's ripping into your brain, and I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Four? Two plus two? You become enthralled in the dominate person spell. You are now charmed. He now has a telepathic link with you, and as long as you two are on the same plane of existence, and he can use this link to issue commands that you must obey, and then he can also use an action to take total and precise control of you until the and until the end of their next turn, the creature takes only the actions that he chooses, and then every time the target takes damage, which you are the target, you need to make a wisdom saving throw against the spell. So, the girl falls out of your hands. And that's when you realize C3 turned back on the gravity. And Jonah goes, You stay back, you. You see the Eldritch Blast beginning to form in his hand. And the shade of Naguva turns towards Jonah and says, Yes, I will stay back. 
Nagubu doesn't have legs that are completely corporeal on the ground. He's actually like levitating on a cloud of shadows. He pulls the sword off of his back. And it is in length almost six feet as he holds it. His trunk raises. And in his left hand, you watch as this like dark lightning begins to kind of like crackle. He is going to take his action to do a rampage at Jonah. He just flies in a straight line towards him. He makes every single attack that he can in this rampage. Sword comes through, cuts into the side of Jonah. And just as Jonah goes flying to the side, the trunk comes down and just slams him down. Naguvu's body goes incorporeal and goes through the body of Jonah. This cold chill wraps up around Jonah's face. So Jonah's gonna try to get over to the girl. The Naguvu shade takes an attack of opportunity on Jonah with the sword. Jonah gets over to the girl. The girl's still unconscious. Jonah's gonna cast last invisibility on him and the girl. Keep him safe. I'm not leaving you. And he touches the girl and him and the girl disappear, him and Hala. Jonah will try to grab the girl and run. He runs to the door, opens it up. giving Naguvu an idea of where he's going. Mm his trunk up and out comes this devilish trumpet that just grates at the ears all creatures within 30 feet of it need to make a dc 15 con save or become stunned until the end of naguvu's next turn 17 plus two are you ready for this yep i'm using my last point of inspiration to make jonah roll at disadvantage Uh, dun dun You said it's yeah. always flavor. It's always, always good. <laughs> Six. Jonah just falls into the room. And when he falls to the ground, just stunned, unable to move, all he can do is move his eyes as he's looking around. I need Jonah to go ahead and make a perception roll. Fifteen. Jonah sees in these clear containers, neatly stacked under the metal tables in incubators, he sees a row of six dragon eggs. Naguvu is going to then walk leisurely into the room so that he looms over Jonah. There, there, little mouse. Come on out. Zaguru taught you well the way of creeping about. Come on out so I can chuck you up and put you out of this life, you miserable lout. I lied too. He's visible. Uh, I I looked it up because the stun condition 
uh, for 5e does cause a creature to lose concentration. Naguvu stands over Jonah. You're not important. Not by a long shot. And then he attacks twice. Wait, 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 wait. And all you hear is Jonah say, Go to hell, you... And then it all goes quiet. Against your body's will, you stand. Naguvu comes from the room, and Naguvu has Hala in his arms or in his trunk, and drops Hala off into your arms that he makes hold her. Naguvu starts controlling you to walk back towards the other doorway, and he says, "We don't have much time for me to put you in the pen, but rest assured." Why don't you take this for reading, so you can see just how badly you've been betrayed. And he hands you the diary. And at that point, as you take another step, there is a small crackle of the comm link. And it says, Atlas, I made it into the tower. You hear the sound of like what sounds like something like swinging from in front of him. There's an explosion on the other side of the comlink, and he says, "It's a damn assassin bot. There's no way I can. I'm badly hurt. Are you ready? I can activate it now." Naguvu is the one looking down at you now in confusion, as he says, "What is that? Do it." Roger. Hold tight. Whatever help you have coming, it won't make it far. And that's when it sounds like... And everything starts to get squished together in the moment of a second. What is this? What? You see cracks running through the crystal at the other side, and as it starts to break apart, like screams start to come out, a tether begins to pull Naguvu's body, the shadowy wraith, into it, just as everything is ripped apart and darkness subsumes. Dark, dark, dark. All you can think is to hold on to the one other person, the one other being, the heartbeat against yours, the only thing telling you and reminding you you're alive. It is very much like the time that Fablegloom showed you, where he boasted and bragged about what he could do when he forced you to switch positions with him. It is like that, but a million times worse. Like having, having knives just driven through your body forced into somewhere that you should not fit and then suddenly it all expands
and suddenly the darkness is gone. <laughs> and you see that all is the color of light lavender, lilac, and blue. The base has been torn apart and is floating in a place of absolute silence. You can see halves of the base. The entire roof and top of the structure is torn off from you and you see the tower floating away. You see the dreadnought torn into pieces. And a voice comes over the relay again and it says, Atlas, Atlas Reed, Reed, get me a location. And um, I think that's probably a great place to call it. Yeah, I'm still just processing everything. I'm processing it too. <laughs> Man. Well, guys, that was a heavy one. That one was a. Uh, it was an encounter meant to have the whole party. And uh, that was a heavy. That that's like a heavy loss for Atlas right there. So. I don't know. We'll take that in. And uh, until next time. See you later, Spacers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. We hope this show brings you as much joy as it does for us to craft it. Significant effort on the order of 10 to 30 hours of editing goes into each episode. And though it is something we will do regardless, any support goes a long ways. If you would like to support the show, here are a few tangible ways in which you can. Rating it five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podchaser helps grow the show and allows us to broaden the audience to spacers who don't know their fans yet. Sharing it with friends or family does the same. And if you wish to donate to help keep our running costs low, you can do so at Coffee in the links below. Last but not least, a simple word of kindness and encouragement to our email below is enough to keep us going no matter what. Have a question or thought that you wish to be aired? Please reach out to us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com or our social media on Instagram at starlight.adventures. Now, until next time, spacers. Spacers.